importantly for rugby league, they got themselves in front of at least two million eyeballs. David New, former Dragon and pioneer of rugby league in the States, is on the line right now. Morning, Newey. Julian, how are you, mate? Good morning. I'm really, really well uh, uh, on a scale of one to ten. Good afternoon from from, uh, beautiful Philadelphia in the US of A. How excited are you about this this vision to bring the game to the States? And it looks like this time it, it seems a bit more practical than previous iterations. Oh, it's exciting, mate. You know, for a guy who's had an opportunity to have a crack at trying to, you know, get people interested in the game here, this is like, uh, you know, the whole effort that we tried to put together on steroids times a thousand. You know, you've got the 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 interest and the excitement around the NRL competition. Tremendous athletes, one of the best rugby rugby. I've got to be careful what I say. The best rugby competitions, even though it's rugby league competitions yeah. in the world. Uh, on show here for for Americans to, you know, really really see and feel. I think it's it's a fantastic initiative, and the fact that they want to put together a long term plan gets me really 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 uh, excited. Oh, just on that, David, you established the American National Rugby League. How much of an appetite is there for the game in the USA? And I'm not just speaking from, I guess, an expat's perspective, but from curious American sports fans as well. Well, that's the word, mate, sports fans. You know, Americans, they, they, they love a contest. And especially, you know, most of, definitely if it's, if it's Americans involved, but they want to see the best. And if you're going to be in the best here and they get a chance to look at it, they'll, they'll certainly respect the, the, you know, the, the effort. And as, as you mentioned earlier, the collisions and the contact and the scoring, that's going to get their attention. There's no doubt about it. And it looks so much like football, you know, the shape of the field the shape of the ball, you know, the strategy, the basic strategy of the game. You know, you know, it's our turn for a couple of possessions or downs and now it's your turn. Stop us, we're going to get past you. It's, they're, they're going to take to it. I just really, really have always believed that. I always thought it was about access, Julian. It was like, how much can they see? And then how much can we do on the ground floor beneath it? And Where do those two things meet in the middle? And, you, you know, you get that organic growth. And I think what they've got going on here is from the top down, I mean, these big tentpole events of bringing these wonderful... Um, you know, teams to, to the US to be showcased, much like they do with the NFL in London or Germany, wherever else they're going to do it. That's the way to do it. You know, you've got the in-game experience and then you've got that, you know, wrapped around that, that live broadcast. So you give yourself access and the opportunity to, 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 to be um, enjoyed and seen by, you know, a, a massive audience. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Many aspects of this top-down versus organic growth. So if I was to say to you, David, knowing what it's like on the ground there for rugby league in the USA, the best way to to sell the game or to sell round zero, is it, as we heard there from Aaron Woods and Campbell Graham of just showcasing the collisions and the basher, do you need to put the bells and whistles on it, You know, introduce sort of the entertainment and, and innovations in the game, or is it a combination of all of the above? Well, I think the, the latter part's a combination of all of the above, but the first part is you've got to get their attention. And if it means that you've got to be a little simplified in your approach and and, and your, uh, you know, overview of what it is, let's be honest, you know, it's it's a really physical contest. And, you know, there's a lot of collisions. So those things are going to get people's attention. So whichever way you want to phrase it or the terminology you want to use, let's bash them and, you know, smash them. I, I, I think it works. And then once you've got their attention, you know, then you can really start to educate them on, on the on the nuances of the game and, and the things that's going to keep their attention and ultimately, you know, grow a business that you're trying to expand to in this marketplace. 
I'm fascinated in the breakdown of participation of rugby league in the USA at a grassroots level, David. What what would be the percentage breakdown, I guess, of you know expats or former rugby league and rugby union players versus Americans who just have a curiosity about the game and wanted to perhaps try something different? Well, I would say it's 90% of locals playing rugby league in this country. 90%? Not, you've not got guys coming out. Yeah, you've not got guys coming over you know, on, on any type of you know hefty fee or contract to come and play in a local rugby league competition here in the US. We know from our experiences, guys would come if they did come overseas, and we have some relationships with clubs where they'd send young kids from SG Ball or, or whatever that might be to come and play with us. Our responsibility was to house them and find them a job. You know, there was no out of out of pocket expense with respect to you know match payments. So that was the sprinkling of those guys with the rest of them were Americans, you know, guys who were crossed over, cross over athletes from football or or basketball or other sports. Um, but yeah, the local community for rugby league here is is, is major U.S. based people. Now, when I say that, you, yeah, expats are here, but I'm an expat. I've been here for 30 years, so mm. I've probably lived in America longer than I've lived in Australia. So I don't count myself as. As, as an expert, I, I think I'm, I'm one of the one of the locals. Um, so from that perspective, you know, the, the major major audience will be uh, local Americans. I'm fascinated as to how you'd sell the sport to Americans born and raised. You know, do, do you set up in colleges? I think about when they introduced the the skeleton in a Winter Olympics. Basically, the luge head first. You've got to be a bit of a madman, David. And, and they yeah. said all you need to do is get to the oh, bottom. Yeah. But uh, the key is the starters. So what they did. <laughs> in the recruiting process, they go to the beaches and have a look at the best beach sprinters. They go, okay, I can turn you yep. into a skeleton Winter Olympics athlete. Do you sort of look at some gifted athletes who, for whatever reason, you know, don't make it or can't make it the NFL, for example, and say, you know what, rugby league could be the game for you? Yeah, I think it's a, it depends on what your motivation is, right? If you're looking just to grow a local competition, you spread the net far and wide and you take whoever you can, right? You take those guys who didn't make it in other sports or enjoyed some sports at a high school level and were looking for something else else to do. But if you want to go to the next level and really identify athletes for a professional competition overseas, I think that's part of the strategy of the NRL, which I think is gold, that if they put together a program similar to the NFL's international player pathway and they identify athletes here and they skill them up and they get them focused on rugby league-specific drills and, and, and technical um, education, that's something that will have local impact because it will motivate guys to come across. And what is this? I've got a chance to you know, have a professional career. Okay, I'm outside of the top end of athletes that are being um, drafted into the NFL. I've finished my college career. This is an opportunity for me. Let, let's see uh, what that might look like. And out of that wide base of people who might want to do it for that motivation, there'll be a cohort of those that are really rugby league specific whether they're mm. that linebacker athlete or whether it's a wide receiver or a running back it's not going to be all of them as you know it's not going to be the linemen even though you know jordan moilata might jump through the phone and, and hit me on the head for saying that but uh, <laughs> it won't be they're just too big aren't they they're too big and then and, and their skill and their and their core you know set of, of of skills just won't be able to translate but there's going to be some good ones in the midst of that and you see it you see it in the USA Sevens rugby union programs for men and women, they, they compete. And then, you know, at the next Olympics, they're going to be right up there and having a crack at, at medals in that. So they're guys that came from, you know, football 
and other sports and have taken to that school, you know, the schools of, of rugby sevens, which gives me a belief that it can happen for rugby league as well. And then you can start to grow, you know, the, the, the locals and, and, and that organic development that you've mentioned. International player pathway, does it frustrate you the amount of cynicism there has been around, I guess, taking the game to the States? No, it doesn't, mate. Not a, not a bit. You know, I think we started this thing with a couple of guys in the parking lot. You know, we played some touch footy and started with three and a handful of them. Then it was seven, then it was 10, and then we had 13, and then we had 26. So uh, that sort of stuff just washes off me. Who cares? You know, people are going to give an honest effort and and really try, which the NRL are doing. Well, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the side of um, the motivated, the ones that want to be positive about it, because there's a million reasons why we can do it, mate, isn't it? You know, I've, I've seen a bit of it about the coverage yesterday from the Raiders game at halftime, and it's fair. Everyone can have their opinion, but you're going to jump on these guys for calling it a rugby scrum, and they show some content that looks a bit like a mall, and that's the confusion. But it's interest, and right now. When was the last time rugby league or the NRL or rugby for that matter was focused front and centered and featured in the middle of the halftime of an NFL football game? Yeah. Was part of the pre-game package, was part of the post-game interviews and discussions. Take it. Take it while you can, you know, because I know what it's like to try and fumble around in the dark with very few resources to try and make it work. That's not easy. What they're doing is I'll eat it up. I love seeing the balls. You know, we played Australia. The Tomahawks played the Kangaroos way back, almost 20 years ago in Philadelphia, Franklin Field, when Wayne Bennett brought the guys across. And when I tossed the balls out to them before the game, and they were stars and striped balls, everyone kind of looked at me a little bit funny. And then they realised, like, how good is this? Because it made sense, you know, and it was it was something that got people's attention, but it's also part of a razzmatazz and the excitement of what we're trying to do in this country. So for what they're doing here, I'm a million percent behind them, you know. Uh, I, I give them full credit. The other thing I find really fascinating too, Newey, Spencer Lenny apparently got the biggest cheer and they're all cheers you walking past and, and he said, I don't know why, maybe it's the fact that I'm you know, a Pacifica player and we know now that almost 50% of the NRL are comprised of Pacifica players. I wonder if that's, a, yeah. I guess, another avenue for, for deeper engagement uh, given the, the growing number of Pacific players and you know those from America, Samoa and, and all around the islands that are making inroads into the NFL. No doubt. Look at the NFL if you look at the population of players that play in that. I'm, I'm going to predict that there's a there's a similar number. There's probably 20, 30% of the NRL, NFL players are of Pacifica heritage. And again, it's because of the body type and their athletic ability translates perfectly into the game. So if, if that doesn't surprise me that Spencer, when you walked, walked you know, on the stadium and there were a bunch of guys, you know, fellow Polynesians from Samoa or Tonga, who, who, where they recognised him, they understood that uh, he looks like one of ours. We're going to cheer for him, you know, and mm. it's that's it's a fun thing. It's a good thing. So I think that in of itself, and and you know, some of the contextual base for what you're saying is the rugby sevens that used to be played in Vegas in the same not the same location but off the strip. They got eighty thousand fans over three days, about ten hours of live television, and that was made up of a community of people who would travelled to Vegas because it was a destination. You know, they'd come for the rugby and stay for the party. And, you, you know, the game in of itself, if they don't make it out of reach, and I'll, I'll be honest in saying this because I'm from that heritage, if the, if the price point isn't out of the reach of that um, Pacifica community, they're going to come in numbers. 
and they mm. did it in, in Vegas for the Sevens, and there's no reason why they won't do it for the NRL, most definitely. You know. You'll be there in Vegas, Newey? I might not. I don't, I don't know, mate. I, I don't know. The fact that it's on TV, I guess I've gotten old, <laughs> and I've, I've spent some time in, time in Vegas, but the fact that it's live on TV... Motivates yeah. me to be the fact that wow, this must be will be fun just to sit back and watch it. But yeah, if the opportunities there, I'll, I'll certainly make the trip out. But either way, I'm going to be watching for sure. It'll be massive. And one one more before we let you go. I know you're a mad cricket fan too. Do you get a chance to to catch much of the cricket? Yeah. You get easy access over in the states. I do, mate. It's crazy that you say that because there's a channel there called Willow TV. Perfect. And you got to pay for it, but it's not that expensive. But it's, um, I, I think I get, well, my mates come over from Australia and, and they sit and watch it. They they say, well, I'm getting more cricket than they do back home in Australia. So <laughs> it's the guys that used to run, they were behind the Indian times, but they're yeah. also very heavily now embedded in the uh, Major League cricket here in the USA. So, yeah, But seeing the Aussies go so well at the World Cup, that was fantastic. I know everyone was bashing them after the first two games, but mm. wow, what a ride home that was. Fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, that is a conversation for another day. Uh, thank you so much for sparing some time. We're very much looking forward to round zero March next year, the Rugby League taking on Las Vegas in the USA. Good on you, Newey. Thanks, Julian. All the best, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. And you. There he is, a great fella, David New. 0457 736 736. We'll take a break.